This is Alex Reviews, and I'm Alex, and I review things. And this is my podcast where we take a deeper look at current blockbusters, old school favorites, and possibly the worst movies ever made. So grab your popcorn and let's get into Alex Reviews. Welcome to the final week of Alex Reviews Super Scary Movies. Welcome back to Alex Reviews. We're so glad you're here. And I'm Alex. And with me, I have Zach. And I don't know if I've told you this, but Zach's my husband. And Zach, say hello to the people. Hello. Yeah, that's Zach. He gives his two cents from time to time. He's also my audio guy. We love Zach. Give a what what for Zach in your car right now. Let me hear you say what what. Anyways, today we're taking on our last scary movie, which is The Shining. Ooh, Stanley Kubrick's 1980 classic. And fun fact, this movie is very special to the two of us. This movie was the first movie Zach and I ever watched together on Halloween in 2011, I think. We, um, so cute little side story. So we met when I lived in a neighborhood that had a guard shack because it was like a golf course. And so he was a guard, a security guard. And I lived there and I wasn't supposed to talk to him. So I would go through and talk to him because I thought he was cool. And we joked about going trick-or-treating. And because I'm a Halloween junkie, like... I love Halloween. I love dressing up. I will do it at any cost. First of all, though, she joked about going trick-or-treating. I was dead serious, and I didn't know she was joking. And that's your mistake. But honestly, not your mistake, because I think it's the reason we're here today, is because on Halloween, Zach texted me, and he was like, hey, are you ready to go trick-or-treating? I have my costume. And I'm, like, sitting in my room, and I'm like, no. I didn't know. It's like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I went to the Halloween store. I have a costume. Like we're going trick or treating. We were like 19 and 20 at this point. And you were probably 21. And, um, so thankfully, you know, I just so happened to have a Ghostbusters costume lying around in my house. And so I put that on and Zach shows up. I feel like you need to explain this costume. I don't remember it that way. You might be right, but I'm pretty sure I didn't send a text. I don't think I had your number yet. No, you did. Because all I remember is I showed up and knocked on your door and you came down and you weren't in a costume. You had to go up and get in your costume. That's not true. I was dressed. I think it's true. I remember taking pictures with my mom before you got there because I was scrambling to find a costume that I already had because I'm a weird costume person. Okay. But uh, so... So I'm a I'm a guard, right? And uh, we've got one of those I think they're called Dutch doors, where only the top half of the door opens. Yeah. And so uh, for months we were, we were talking to each other, and she's never seen my legs because <laughs> there's a it's a Dutch door, and it never crossed my mind, um, but it had crossed her mind. And so then I show up in a flamingo rider costume, one of those ones that has like the fan built in that that blows itself up. Uh, to keep itself inflated and knocked on the door and I still had no legs. I was still unsure if he even had his own pair of legs. Yeah. He could have had prosthetic legs for all I know. I could have. And Would that have changed anything? No, I would have still loved you just the same. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I'm not that shallow. But he showed up in an ostrich, right? Like, and it's, 
No, it was a flamingo. Oh, sorry, flamingo rider. But it's it's an intense costume, and I had just thrown on a Ghostbusters. It was huge. You can't get in a car. Like it was huge. It was ridiculously sized. He had a big mustache, fake mustache. I'll post the picture on my Instagram so you can see it because that's the first picture we ever have together is us in these costumes, which I feel like is really fitting for who we are. Because we love Halloween. I don't know why I had that fake mustache. <laughs> I think because I also uh, at a different Halloween party, I I went as a security guard. You went to a Halloween party as a security guard? So I put on my uniform, because we had a uniform, and a fake mustache, and some aviators. and. Uh, why wouldn't you just go as a cop? I think it was like Paul Bart Malkoff or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't have a mustache. Look, this was a different time. You've come this so was a far. Different time. You've come so far when it comes to Halloween costumes. I mean, so far. But so that night we went trick or treating, and I lived in a good neighborhood, so we got so much candy, and I mean, like pillowcases full of candy, which I'd never heard of. I don't know. Raise your hand in the comments if uh, if you go trick or treating or grew up going trick or treating with a pillowcase. I brought like a Kroger bag, and she was like, "Oh no, 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 that's not going to work." And I'm oh like, no, what? honey. Like more. literally you'd walk up to a house. There'd be nobody there. There'd just be a table outside with full-size candy bars. You just come get as many as you want. And I'm like, I could I could sell this to my my scout mates and make a lot of money in the Walmart parking lot. But no, this is just for you. People would have like buffet tables of treats. Oh, it was everything. Trick-or-treating. I loved Halloween. I always went trick-or-treating as a kid. I, Mom, Dad, thank you so much for letting me go trick-or-treating. That's also why I love candy so much. We were fully grown. We were full adults. We could just be in line with all these little tiny kids. and Nobody cared. Like Also, I was a nanny in the neighborhood, so everybody knew me. And Zach was a guard. So they were like, oh, I love this. Like They were so into it. So after trick-or-treating, we went home. And I guess I had a copy of The Shining, which I don't know where it was or where it's gone. Maybe it was on Netflix wasn't streaming at that point. Also, let's not um, downgrade the house that you lived in because <laughs> it was a gated neighbor. You had to have a security guard, number one. Yes. Number two, we watched it in uh, a theater. Yes. Our home theater. Room. Our home theater. It had movie so chairs. There was that. And we watched The Shining, but I. I did. I didn't remember the movie after rewatching it. You know, nine years later. I guess it's because it's our first date. My memory of it was that this was like one of the top five, at least, scary like movies favorite. of all time. Yeah, like cult classic. Just a great, great movie. Don't spoil it. We're gonna mm. talk about it. But this movie is definitely a cult classic and very important in like film history. But let's, you know, let's get to the synopsis. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. Okay. Forebodings. Forebodings is not a word, IMGB, but I digress. The characters, let's talk about them. So I feel like everybody knows this movie for like Jack Nicholson. It's his movie. Here's Johnny. Like that's it. And he was great. Like great performance. They had talked about picking a few different people, which I think was really funny because they talked about doing Robert De Niro. And I'm like, I can't imagine a Here's Johnny. Like <laughs> I'm also making a Robert De Niro face. 
It's like, here's Johnny. Like, it wouldn't, yeah, like, you put a real frowny face on and you're like, Wendy, what are you doing? I'm writing a book. I don't think that would have flown. And the other option was Robin Williams. Like, I can't imagine him in this character. No, he would have killed this character. No. Robin Williams was so, like, he has so much more than you think. No, I just feel like he would have been too crazy. It, it would have been a much more psychological, like, performance. But not for that time period. We're coming out of the era of Mork and Mindy. Robin Williams was on a family TV show at this point. So I really don't think he would have transitioned well to... Was Mork and Mindy back that long ago? Yes, it was in the 70s. It was his first big breakout role, like really long time ago. So I don't know. He didn't get really edgy till I feel like the late 90s, mid 90s, where he was a little older, not really wanting to be the funny guy. Because this definitely was not the funny guy role at all. But then we have the mom... Wendy, played by Shelley Duvall, which I didn't, I was not familiar with her. Apparently she was really big 70s and 80s. Like she was a big deal. She also played Olive Oil in the Popeye movie, which I totally get because she literally looks like a cartoon and a skinny stick woman (laughs) with black hair. She's Olive Oil. It's who she was meant to be. Then we have Danny, their son, who was played by Danny Lloyd. I feel like Stanley Kubrick just made their names what the people's actual names were because Danny was played by Danny and Jack was played by Jack. Now they did not keep Scatman Carruthers' real name because, I mean, I love saying it and I'm going to say it as many times as possible, but he played Run. But Danny was the son and he also had a little friend and his little friend was named Tony. <laughs> Tony is a little boy who lives in Danny's mouth who tells him secrets. I, I don't, it's just the way it is. <laughs> and Tony also, the, the little boy who played Danny would use his finger to talk like Tony's voice. And that is not in the script. He just did it in the audition and they thought it was brilliant. So way to go, Danny. A fun fact about Danny is when they were filming the movie, Stanley Kubrick did not want Danny to know that they were shooting a horror movie. So they told him he, he was filming a drama and he didn't know till he was 17 that the movie was actually a horror film because they edited a whole version just for him to see, which I think is really amazing that they were able to pull that off because there is so much horrific imagery in this movie that a kid that was literally on set did not know it was a horror movie. So that's really nice, Stanley Kubrick. All right, let's get to an overview, just a brief overview. This movie is about a family. They move to a big hotel. From the very first scene, they go, this is a hotel, like it's normal. Don't worry about it. But, you know, here's a little side note. There was like this tragedy here. This guy went crazy while watching the hotel over the winter time. He chopped up his family with an ax. No big deal. Also, Side note, the hotel was built on an ancient Indian burial ground, which I feel like is a popular trope for horror movies. But, you know, no worries, not a problem. You seem totally sane. You're going to be fine. We know from the first time we see Jack Nicholson in this movie, he's crazy. Like, he's a crazy man. You know he's just going to get crazier, and especially because of what they tell you in the beginning. Like, there's no way these people are getting out of this hotel. So, review no spoilers. 
I don't think everybody needs to watch this movie. I don't think it's a a rite of passage in any way. I feel like I had a good memory attached to it. So I always was like, oh, The Shining's so good. But upon rewatch, man, the sound design honestly ruined the watching experience for me. It's awful. Like it was like whistles and drones and big sounds that like, we had to turn it down to like 20% just I don't, to listen. I don't even think it was the sound design. It was whoever mixed it. Like it was so clunky. Everything was so clunky and like heavy handed. Yeah. It was like, oh, you need to be scared right now. And I'm like, why? Like a good movie should be able to both visually and audibly tell you when something's about to happen. That's the point of it. And it was just like, here's a loud whistle. So that you know you're about to be scared and it's just dumb. But then nothing would be happening. Like it would be mostly silent in some of the big scary parts. And it would be like a title card with a huge whistle. And it would be like Wednesday. And you like and, jump and out of your skin. No, and that's really that's really common with scary movies. That's that's part of the art of sound designing scary movies. I've done a few myself. Uh, <laughs> um, is that you you want to trick the audience. You want to get them on the edge of their seat. But the way that they're doing it, you have to do it subtly. You have to like creep into it and make it feel kind of sinister. But this was just like out of nowhere, huge whistle, huge, um, like awful sounding violins. And I don't know, it had no payoff. It was just it was dumb. I read some articles, Kubrick being a British filmmaker, he used a lot of like, I feel like art music, you know, like weird, like German symphonies and stuff. So it's like, I don't know. Also, he was a very film school director and like everybody in the film community highly esteems him, but it's, he's not an everyman director. I had to watch Dr. Strangelove in school. I hated it. Like it's so slow. I feel like his movies could be edited down to a much shorter film and you would still get everything that's going on. So I don't know if this is a must see it's a, you can see, but honestly, if you've lived in pop culture, you know what this movie is. You know, here's Johnny, you know, the tricycle, you know, the little twin girls, you know, the bloody elevator. Like there's not much more past that. All right, let's get to rapid reviews. This week for rapid reviews, I wanted to take a second to go down a list of Halloween movies so that if this weekend you want to watch a scary movie for Halloween, you have a few ideas. So, Zach, hit me. Get out. Yes. Beetlejuice. Yes. Edward Scissorhands. 100% yes. The Exorcist. No, that's too spooky. Mother. You better stop it right now. That's the worst movie ever made. Get out. Casper. Yes. Sixth Sense. I would say yes. Nightmare Before Christmas. No, you have to wait till Christmas. That's a Christmas movie. Sleepy Hollow. Very good. On Netflix streaming, scary. Us. I didn't like it as much as Get Out. No. Clue. Clue. Very funny. Yes. Not to be confused with the Clueless. No, it is not Clueless. This is a movie about the board game Clue. Yes, watch it. Conjuring. Yes, so scary. Ernest Scared Stupid. Honestly, if you don't want to be scared stupid, watch this one. It's very good. Pet Cemetery. Ah, No. The new one or the old one? Both. Secret Window. So good. Thriller. Love it. Never seen it. Brightburn. No, too gory. The Nun. Ah, 
that. It was actually not that scary. So maybe. Little Shop of Horrors. Yes, it's a musical scary movie. So yes. Do you have the VHS version of when you were in it? I was in Little Shop of Horrors in high school, my freshman year. I was a streetwalker, and um, I had a very she sm- still is. <laughs> Stop. I had a very small role, and I loved it. But my friend had the first solo, and I was so honored to know her. But it is still so good; it holds up. We watched it during quarantine, and it's on HBO for streaming. So good, Rick Moranis. It's just such a good movie. Hit one and two. Yes and yes. Two really good movies. I wanted to review them this year, but we're going to have to do it next year. But those movies, honestly, are like if The Goonies was super scary. And I love it. I mean, if you don't like clowns, if they bother you, maybe it's not for you. But like, it's just such good storytelling and like really, really good. I think one was definitely better than two, but I really enjoyed it. The one addition I would add is It Follows. Ooh, It Follows is good. Yes. Very scary. Very scary. be warned. So if you want a real scary one, It Follows is up there. All right. Let's get to spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Y'all, watching this was a labor of love because I really love you and I want to save you from all these crossfades in this movie. I was offended. I... If I am supposed to respect you, Stanley Kubrick, why did you put a crossfade in between every single scene in the first hour of this movie? That's a crossfade for you, not editors, is where two clips are butted together and they fade into each other. So if somebody's walking down a hallway and somebody's sitting in a chair, you'll see them overlap. And it's usually a device to, you know, signal time passing, but it's also something that very new filmmakers will use to kind of... Uh, do something like it's lazy it's lazy it's a lazy editing technique and I don't know maybe in 1980 when the film was made like they had just made crossfades or something but oh it hurt me it hurt me to watch but so we're in this hotel the family's there they're in isolation for a whole winter five months so the hotel is in Colorado but it's closed for the winter time first off That makes no sense. It is based on a real hotel in Colorado that Stephen King stayed in over the winter months that was closed, which I think is actually pretty crazy. But he stayed in the room 217, which is the haunted room is based off of. But it was 237 in the film because the hotel didn't want the cursed room to really exist, which I think is really funny. But if they would have done that, that would have been such a great PR because that room would be booked indefinitely because all this crime like Stephen King junkies would be like let me stay in the haunted room like 1408 have you seen that movie I don't think so oh it's really good I feel like um Samuel Jackson's in it and it's a really good movie Uh, I think Timothy Hutton is in it and it's about a cursed hotel room I feel like it's a common thing I think it's Stephen King as well but it's a really good movie and you see the room in different timelines and like how the spooky stuff happened there. Very good. Fortunately, anyway, there's a little extra little, little nugget of fun movie right there for you. So we've got the little boy, Danny. He has Tony, who is the little boy who lives in his mouth and his creepy finger who talks to him. Um, he tells him the future. He tells him the past. He shows him things. And we learn really quickly that that is called shining. 
which I had forgotten from the first movie. I know they recently came out with Dr. Sleep. I heard it was terrible, but you know, you can watch it, judge it for yourself. But Shining is seeing the past or the future or speaking to people who also shine telepathically, which we learn from Scatman Carruthers. We do, but it's like, it's such a small part of the story. It makes no sense that the whole movie is called that. Like it'd be some revelation, but it's like, oh, this is this. And and you, there's one scene where they talk about it and that's it. Well, Danny shines through most of the last hour of the film, but literally it's just a like image of him like frozen, I guess, seeing the future of what's going to happen when his dad finally goes crazy. But we a lot of it is not answered. And I feel like that's why they wrote Dr. Sleep to bring meaning to it. But also Stanley Kubrick got the rights to do this film and changed most of it. The things that were the same from the book was the dad was an author. They were at a hotel. The boys saw the future and the past. So in Stephen King's book, it was about a haunted hotel. It was about the haunted mansion, you know, Eddie Murphy, Disney, also good. Or Mario Potty. Party. Mario Potty. <laughs> Mario Potty. <laughs> that is a haunted toilet. <laughs> That's what you play when you're really young. You can't really play Mario Kart yet. It's Mario Potty. It's Mario Potty. It's Mario Potty. But they have a haunted place and there's ghosts everywhere. I'm going to use that to toilet train our kids. <laughs> Mario Potty. Mario Potty. <laughs> it's good stuff. You can use that as well. Started down Rainbow Road. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. But this is not about a haunted hotel. I feel like this movie would have been a lot better if Stanley Kubrick just made it the way the movie was supposed to be done. Yeah, or if maybe Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick didn't do it. Honestly, because there are so many great Stephen King movies with reference. It, one and two, like Stephen King movie. Secret Window great movie um i'm sure children of the corn is great cujo pet cemetery i said pass but you know it's okay but like stephen king didn't like this movie when it came out like when the person i think that's the funniest thing like, ever i didn't realize that we're halfway through and it was like stephen king did not like this movie who <laughs> i'm shook because actually so they made a miniseries in the 90s of The Shining, but Stanley Kubrick had the rights to the film and anything made. So he had, <laughs> Stephen King had to sign a contract to say, oh, I won't talk bad about The Shining anymore if you let me make a miniseries, but I still get to say Jack Nicholson was the worst choice <laughs> for the main character of this movie. And so Stephen King will still say Jack Nicholson was the worst choice. I'm curious who he would have picked then. Would it have been like Robin Williams? I don't know, but he said the character was supposed to, from the beginning, be sane and, right, and go into psychosis. If you just look at Jack Nicholson from the beginning of this movie, no. you would never describe him as sane. Like, he looked nuts. Not with those eyebrows. Those eyebrows are out of control. Like, the way his forehead moves, like, he's a crazy man. Like, the way he sits on the sidelines at Lakers games, you're like, he's insane. Like, he's a crazy man. I mean, grumpy your old men. Tell me if I'm <laughs> wrong, though. His greatest role, for, like for him of all time, bucket list. No, um, <laughs> anger management. Yes, I feel like he's an angry, crazy man. Yes, he's an angry, crazy man. And so the fact that Stephen King wrote this as like a sane man who is slowly driven to psychosis, which with the setup of the film being over two hours long, it 
that should have had enough time to happen. But you know, from the first time you see him on camera, he's crazy. No shock. And that's why I feel like Robin Williams would have been a perfect person. Because if you think of like, even like Patch Adams, he went the opposite. He went from crazy to sane. Yeah. And like his his depth, like his range is so big. I just feel like going from funny to horror is hard. Because all of us are already thinking, oh, he's going to be funny. And I, I don't remember Mork. I wasn't around watching TV. Was, Mork I mean, Mandy, he was so. an alien and it was a real You're probably comedy. Right, but still. I mean, if it was also, made at the end of his career, maybe. When you were saying um, Robert De Niro, my mind for some reason heard Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time until you explained it. And I was like, what are you talking about? Why is Robert Downey Jr. Italian? No. And then I figured it out. Well, he would have been a baby also, at that time. Also, he would have been terrible at it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he can do anything besides Marvel movies at this point. But um, then we have Shelley Duvall, who's playing the mom, who also Stephen King disagreed with because, oh my gosh, she was so fragile and the ugly. entire movie. And Stephen King wrote this role as a... The the mom was like this ex cheerleader type, never had to work a day in her life, confident, and she slowly is that unraveling. Actress was not an ex cheerleader. No, she was not at a big school. Maybe at one of those corn schools in like Southern Indiana. She's definitely from a corn school, but it's just like she was so fragile. And I mean, Kubrick really did that on purpose. Like I feel like he was real terrible to work for. He's known for ha- taking the most takes on one scene ever in Guinness Book of World Records. So it was one take with Shelley Duvall swinging a bat at Jack Nicholson. They say, the the legend is, they did 127 takes of her walking backwards, swinging a, a bat up the stairs. Like, I feel bad when I ask for like four takes because I'm like, okay, just one, just one more, please. And he is, you know, not Hollywood royalty, but like, Historic, like you, you know the name because he was a prolific filmmaker. But gosh, to put that like the old black man, Scatman Carruthers, which I love that name, and I'm gonna keep saying it. He had to do 60 takes on one shot where the camera was just slowly zooming in on his face, and it literally made the old man break down and start crying because he didn't understand why there were so many takes. And so, also the fact that he did so many takes, but. I could see so many inconsistencies throughout the film because like stuff would move on the tables or their faces wouldn't be in the same position. And I feel like because of that many takes, you're not going to get consistency from your actors because they're not going to remember what they did. And your script supervisor is not going to remember what they did because they did it 60 times. That being said, I don't think I'm a fan of Stanley Kubrick. I'm not. (laughs) No, I don't think we'll watch any more of his films. Here's a hot take. I'd rather watch Tim Burton. Oh, that's big. Wow. I can't stand Tim Burton. But you like him more than... Oh, my gosh. Stanley Cooper. This movie was was like nine hours long. It was two hours We long. started at at six and finished at 11.30. Yep. That's not nine hours. Ugh. I feel like I'm forcing Zach to go through film school. This is what film school is like. You watch movies you hate, and then you have to talk about them for hours. <laughs> oh. Awful. And film school is brutal in that way. I know you're just watching movies, but man, you don't get to watch all good ones. There are a lot of stingers. Some cool things about The Shining. It was one of the first movies that the Steadicam was used in. And it is known for really iconic Steadicam shots. Like when 
Danny's going down the hallway on his tricycle. The city cam is like right on his tail, giving us these beautiful shots, beautiful tracking shots, long tracking shots. And then when they're running through the maze, like just really, really great shots. Um, the creator of the steady cam actually worked on The Shining because it was such new technology. And it was supposed to film for six months, it ended up filming for a year, which is a long time to make a film. And uh, he was booked for, I think, Rocky, one of the Rocky movies filming in Philadelphia. And they were filming in London for The Shining. And he would work one week on The Shining, fly to America work one week on Rocky and go back and forth for the final six months of The Shining, which I think, wow, that's amazing. What a very hard worker. So not very long into the movie, Jack starts to crack. He's trying to write a book or a screenplay or something. And Wendy tries to be so nice. And she's like, oh, Jack, what are you doing? Do you want a sandwich? And he like snaps and freaks out at her. And I'm just like, bro, if you don't like her, like, leave her. Like, he's so mean to her the whole movie for no reason. And I know she was probably kind of dumb and a little bit annoying and her face is scary, but she doesn't deserve to be treated like that. She's the mother of your child. And Danny keeps riding around the hotel on his tricycle and he runs into these creepy little twin girls who were supposedly the daughters of the previous watch person that were murdered by their axe murderous father. Of course he would run into them because he shines. He shines bright like a diamond. So we've got the haunted hotel room 237, which literally probably the most horrific scene to watch is the one that happens in 237 with the creepy naked lady who turns into a creepy old naked lady. I do not like that part of the movie pass. If you get to the part where Jack Nicholson walks into the room, just skip it. You don't need that in your mind. And... It's just, I feel like there's so much imagery that's scary, but there's no meaning behind it. Whereas movies like The Conjuring or even It have a lot of meaning behind what's scary and what they show you. Whereas I feel like this was kind of like, oh, let's just show this because it's scary and it gets under your skin. But let's give it no meaning. I don't know. I'm not for that. But after all this work, shenanigans at the hotel, Jack's book that he wrote is just hundreds of pages of all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And I feel like that's why Stanley Kubrick made his name Jack, because it fits with that saying. Because clearly he's gone insane. He's not writing his book and he's totally snapped. And this is when he has an axe and he's starting to chase Shelly around the hotel. He's off the deep end and we get to the iconic red rum scene with now Danny is no longer and Tony is in charge. And so the little boy is just running around the room going, red rum, red rum, red rum, red rum. Which I love the gag where he writes red rum on the door. And then Shelly wakes up and looks in the mirror. And of course, red rum is murder backwards. What, what is he trying to, is, is he trying to say he's going to murder her? Or is he saying that the dad's going to try to murder her? Like, that also gets no payoff at all. Like, I know he has a knife at that point, but he doesn't try to kill his mom. But shortly thereafter, Jack Nicholson is has an axe and is trying to bang down the door. And 
Danny escapes because Shelly pushes him out a window and he gets to slide down like a snow hill, which looks super fun for a seven-year-old boy. So like I'd be into it, but also his dad is chasing him with an axe. So that's kind of like a downside. But then we get to the, the scene of the whole movie. I feel like just watch this one scene on YouTube and you've seen The Shining and it's Jack Nicholson. He has an axe. Apparently they did the scene 60 times. They had 60 fake doors so that he could literally break them down with the axe. And Shelly's in the bathroom, like yelling and screaming because she's so scared. And he breaks down the door. And what does he say? Here's Johnny. And his name is Jack. But guess what his name was supposed to be in the book? John. Literally. Like. that, And that's the whole movie. Like Stanley Kubrick. I don't, um, I guess he earned his respect, but he's, he's lazy. Like just for the payoff of all work and no play makes Jack Del Boy is not equal to the payoff of here's Johnny, but here's Johnny was an improvised line that almost didn't even make the movie because he was referring to Johnny Carson, Jack Nicholson was that he would say, here's Johnny, like here's Johnny Carson and Stanley Kubrick was from England and he didn't catch the reference. So think of think of a world where that doesn't even matter. Like, would this film be that important just because it has that bit of pop culture? Very interesting. But he breaks down the door. Totally, the door does not match what it looks like when he says, here's Johnny. And then when he finally runs away, the door is totally different. So continuity error there. But he finally goes to chase after Danny. And I guess because he's a magic little boy and can see the future and the past and speak to other people telepathically, he's got to kill the little boy. So he's chasing him through the snow maze and the little boy is smarter than him. So he is out, him and his mom escape and Jack Nicholson turns into an ice cube and freezes to death. There's the longest freeze frame of him frozen, which I've seen as like a thousand memes but it's supposed to be like the big moment of the movie. And it's just, it's farce. It's farcical. He's a farcical, <laughs> like a popsicle, a farce, because it's so silly. Ugh. Let's get to my final thoughts. It's my final thoughts now. You don't need to watch this movie. You don't just go to YouTube and watch best scenes from The Shining and you're probably fine. Like these cult classics, I feel like unless you watch them growing up or have some sort of memory tied to them, it's hard to get into. Like other movies that are cult classics, like I've just never understood because it's the nostalgia mixed with memories that make movies really great. So watching it in 2020 knowing so much we know about filmmaking and what makes a great movie great. This movie is not it, sis. <sighs> but y'all... Is Jack Nicholas... Nicholson? Nicholson a alien? Because he was 40 in this movie. Uh, he looked old then. He was 40 in this movie and this was when he was young. I know. I, I had to look it up because I was like, oh, maybe he's like really young. Like how old he was... That means he's like 90 now. He was born in 37, 47, 57, 67, 87, 97, 97, 17. He's like 110 right now. He's 80, 
three. Wow, I could have asked the internet, but y'all just saw me count incorrectly. He's so old. So old, does not act much anymore. Just goes to Lakers games, I'm pretty sure. But like, I I just, it wasn't it. There's so many good Stephen King movies, like so many out there that you can watch. And The Shining is not one that you need to watch, honestly. Like, I think visually it has stunning pieces that a lot of directors have taken from and have been inspired from, which I will take it as that. It's a great piece visually. And I think he's a very visual director and his movies are striking to look at, beautiful, like the carpet, you know, those, that's something Toy Story took from the carpet from The Shining, which I think is really cool that it's, it's an important film because it's in so many other works and I respect it and we respect it, but we don't have to like it. That's what I learned from film school. We acknowledge it, we respect it, we can refer to it, but we don't have to like it. And I mean, I've had so much fun this last month watching all these scary movies. I know Zach is having a lot of nightmares and is scared constantly, but you know, I had a good time and I hope you had a good time too. But thank you so much for listening to Alex Reviews today. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're listening. Make sure to like, comment and review, subscribe, do all the things because we love you so much. Come back next week where we're going to talk about hopefully a new movie if we can find one in theaters, if not something new on streaming. So we'll see you next time at the movies.